This program is brought to you by PersonalLifeMedia.com. Hi, and welcome to Green Talk, a podcast series from GreenLivingIdeas.com. Green Talk helps listeners in their efforts to lead more eco-friendly lifestyles through interviews with top vendors, authors, and experts from around the world. We discuss the critical issues facing the global environment today, as well as the technologies, products, and practices that you can employ to go greener in every area of your life. Hey everyone, thanks for listening in today on Green Talk Radio from GreenLivingIdeas.com. This is Sean Daly, and today I have with me as my guest Tom Dyer, who is the Vice President of Marketing and Government Affairs for Kyocera Solar. Tom, welcome to the program. Well, thank you, Sean, and I'm pleasure to, to talk to you today. Yeah, is it now, is it, am I pronouncing it right? Is it Kyocera or Kyocera? Uh, if you're Japanese, you say Kyocera, Kyo being one syllable. Um, so try to say Kyocera, and you've got it. Okay. It was almost in between the two that I said. Yeah. It's, it, some people go Kyocera. That's, that's acceptable. Okay. So tell us about, I know that Kyocera, uh, if I did that right, was, has a very, very um, strong presence in the solar industry. Solar is certainly a huge topic on our website, uh, a topic of great interest to our listeners and readers on the website. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've got a, a lot of content on there and um, done a few podcasts. And we definitely wanted to hear from Kiyosera as a uh, as a leader in this industry, just kind of hear about what your take on the industry is, where it is, where it's been, where it's going, and, and sort of start from there. So why don't we just start with yourself. To, uh, tell us about yourself, how long you've been in the solar industry, your background. Yeah, I've been in the solar industry for over 30 years. And Kyocera has been in this industry for over 30 years. So we both started at just about the same time, uh, although I did not start with Kyocera. I joined Kyocera much later in my career. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, Kyocera has been developing this technology for some time and uh, has deployed it in all sorts of applications, most of that stuff what we call off-grid during the early years, and then more recently on-grid, in Japan and in Europe, and finally in around the year 2000, it became popular here in the U.S. What percentage of today's business would you say, in rough numbers, is off-grid versus on-grid applications? I'd say in today's world, we're probably, worldwide, probably 90% is um, on-grid now. Is on-grid, okay. So mm-hmm. things have changed quite a bit since quite the a bit, 70s. No. <laughs> right. And, and, so that, just and that growth has happened uh, in just recently in the last two or three years. Is that with right? The activity, yes, in the, with the activity in Europe. So hundreds of megawatts got installed in Europe, and that drove the supply of materials down and prices down and the demand up. And so a lot's happened in the last few years. Now, interesting. And so I, I, is it fair to assume you guys have a pretty strong presence in Europe as well? Oh, sure, sure we do. That's our, it's, we have a, an operation in, in Germany and, so, and, a, and a factory in, in uh, Europe as well. So, yes, that's a, one of our major markets, probably the largest market this year, uh, Japan being number two this year. That would have been the opposite uh, two or three years ago. Japan being number one and Europe being number two. Hmm. And the U.S. market is running third now behind those two two markets. Two markets. I'm curious, well, what's the gap between... I'm always, I always wonder where we sort of stand. I know Germany is... 
I think it probably got the highest per capita uh, installation yeah, of solar. I think, I think if we could look at maybe 2006, I think the U.S. was uh, about 100 megawatts total, maybe 120, 130 in that category. Mm-hmm. Europe, uh, Germany probably was about five or 600 megawatts. Oh, wow. Japan was probably 250 or 300, so and maybe a million and a half megawatts so, um, altogether. Now, and, and, and just looking at Germany as the model, what, what has happened there that's really driven that? Has it been a sort of a, a government-led initiative? Well, they, the German government instituted a program called a feed-in tariff, whereby they, they will pay you so many cents per kilowatt hour for 20 years for the power you generate from a solar system. Mm. And they pay you at, at a healthy uh, price. It's about 50 cents per kilowatt hour. Uh, which is much higher than electricity costs you. So um, it's a great incentive to start putting solar systems in in Germany. And they've done that to do two things, one, to go green, and two, to build the industry in in their country. And now there are German manufacturers who are coming on very strong in this market where they, two or three years ago, they they did not exist. So it's an opportunity for all these households, if I get this correctly, to actually be as you know, acting as mini power companies. Correct. That's, that's, that's these these farms or households or whatever you want to call them have these generators in place, generating uh, income for them, hmm. and uh, uh, it's, it's a great retirement income if you think about it. Yeah, it's <laughs> not bad pricing either. I mean, what, the, the, what you're being paid for it. Sure. Yeah. So it's really really attractive, and that that program has has driven the industry into the place where it is now, which means high growth, lots of investment, lots of new production lines coming online, and uh, a much more vibrant industry than it was before. Hmm. Now, I'm curious, you know, why are we not Germany in this sense? And is it is it awareness? Is it pricing? Is it energy uh, conversion efficiency, which I guess we're all using the same material, so that probably wouldn't be true. But what, what, what in your estimation is... Yeah, well, you know, we have twice the sunshine that Germany does, so we have more solar resource than they do. It's ironic. But, yeah, so so the, so it's ironic that it's this way at all. And same in Japan, by the way. We have more solar resources than Japan does. It turns out that uh, in Germany they have a federal program, and the utilities are all in line with it. In the U.S., we do not have such a program, and, and we do this activity state by state, utility by utility in many cases. And so the sorts of incentive programs you see here in the U.S. vary from place to place. And everyone seems to want to be an individual and do it their own way, so they're not all the same. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> that uh, that has made for a slower growth than a, than a federal program would have. Uh, I see. So, so as opposed to, so it's the individuality and the sort of our own American individuality and spirit of doing things our own way that's actually interfering with uh, the rubber stamping, as it were, that's happening in Germany that facilitates. F- more wildfire growth of the soil. Yes, that, that's, that's a good part of it. We do have a federal tax credit now, and uh, both commercial and residential. It expires uh, in 2008, and there's some bills before Congress now to extend that tax credit. So I would urge your listeners to be in contact with their government uh, representatives in Washington and ensure that the Energy Act gets passed, and so we continue to... Uh, uh, stimulate the uh, growth of the solar market. Yeah. So that's that's a really important piece of uh, work that's going on right now. So 
as far as and we're happen to be here, we're in California, uh, mm-hmm. this company, and you know obviously Governor Schwarzenegger has put in this the Million Homes Initiative, and PG&E is very, being very aggressive. Um, do, do you see? I mean, do you see that making a big difference nationwide? Are you seeing any repercussions? Is that sort of as California tends to do sometimes leading the nation and that sort of? Well, California is definitely leading the nation, in my opinion. On the solar front, we, that's the largest uh, state program there is in the U.S. right now by by a long shot. Uh, some other governors have made some pretty significant pronouncements about wanting to put in hundreds and hundreds of megawatts of, of solar when they, over the next 10 years. And so there will be uh, more Californias as time moves on, places like Pennsylvania, Florida, Maryland. They're all, they're all making rather outstanding announcements. But California's been doing it for some time. So in California, we have a couple of things going for us. One, we have PG&E and the other utilities who are learning how to deal with solar and how to use it and embracing it more readily than they did in the beginning. Uh, we have installers trained in California now who are can do a good job and have learned how to do this well. Mm-hmm. And so you get a, a, a nice, clean installation. They're not amateurish at all. So some, some infrastructure is in place in California that, that's going to enable it to, to grow a lot more. And that has to be replicated in other states, and they'll come up too, but it'll take them some time to get up to speed. And that's really what it comes down to is you have to have the support network, and you have to have, for example, in your example, a knowledgeable installer that can put it on and do a clean job and sure. you know, not cause any issues with any if you have roof penetration or, um, and just you know, make sure that you get optimal. They don't just walk up to a, to a, to a roof. You know, they, they have to do a test to make sure that you're going to get adequate sun exposure to create it. I mean, because there's, there's an ROI, the financial side of this is there's a potential ROI or lack thereof if, if you don't have adequate capacity. So, um, Correct. That's right. So it's it's important that you that the installer knows to to do it the right way, get the right angle, get the right orientation, avoid cheating, all the things that uh, that a, a trained installer does to ensure that you get the maximum output from your system. And and do you see? So and again, we've had PG&E as a guest on this program, uh, Keely Watts over there, and uh, we learned a lot uh, about what California is doing with the initiatives. Um, it, you know, do you think it's going to require that the utility in each state uh, that, that we had they have a sort of a PG&E type of effort in order to make it happen? I think we, I think uh, the utilities need to embrace the technology and understand how to to use it and work with it and take advantage of it and. Uh, that's not an automatic thing. The, the, the truth of the matter is that the utilities are very comfortable with central stations generating power that they, they own those stations and they sell the power. Mm-hmm. And they're a little bit uncomfortable with the power being generated by individuals and the, where they don't own it mm-hmm. and don't control it necessarily. And, and so, but the utilities have, have found ways to where that works for them and those who have have embraced it and are doing well, and PG&E is a good example. So on the generation side, they're not as comfortable perhaps, but, but one of the things that we learned, uh, and I don't know if you have you know, ever talked about this or it's anything that's on your radar screen, but one of the things we learned was that apparently there is incentive on, on, the, on the conservation side, on the energy efficiency side, there right. appears to be incentives now for some of these companies like PG&E, the utility companies, to help consumers in their efforts to reduce their power usage. That's correct, and, and, and they've been incentivized for progress on energy efficiency as well as, as progress on energy generation. And so 
that's uh, helped make this work for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. So I'm just curious now, and now let's go outside California for a moment. I, I know that's difficult because I know this is a major center. I don't know what the percentage is for California versus the rest of the nation on solar, but you know, really, I think for this to work, it has to have broad nationwide appeal. Um, is it is it the unfamiliarity with it? It's the lack of support from the power companies, or is it really just the financial dollars and cents of what it still costs to put solar on the roof that prevents more people across the nation from from doing this? The the, the resistance to doing solar. Well, first of all, solar is relatively expensive today compared to just plugging into the grid, and so that's why there are these programs that subsidize its use. We feel that after a period of 10 years or so, we'll be at what we call grid parity, and we won't need subsidies, and people will make making the decisions uh, just on economics alone, not mm-hmm. subsidized. Mm-hmm. And and so that's part of it. And so because it's it's relatively expensive today, uh, you need a program in place to really help the consumer to use it. And that exists in various degrees in various states. California is 80% of the U.S. market today. Uh, but the new programs that I'm seeing being written about and participating in getting formed uh, will parallel California, and they, the other states will be as big, if not bigger, than California in time. Yeah. Well, I would think that they would have some states would have an opportunity to move um, in a more efficient manner. <laughs> California, while while <laughs> certainly leading the nation in certain things, also is a very large. Uh, what are we, the third largest uh, as a you know, GDP in the world, or something like that? Mm-hmm. So I, that along with that comes baggage and a difficulty to move and bureaucracy. So um, yeah. a good example is Hastings, Nebraska, won Yahoo's uh, greenest city in the nation, not because they're the largest or the most you know progressive necessarily, but they were able to you know do a grassroots effort to move people quickly, and so um, yeah. we, we certainly hope that... Yeah, that I'm aware of that, and, and actually we're going to try to do some some good work in Hastings to yeah. to give them a reward for doing that, in yeah. fact. Oh, well, that's yeah. great. Yes, it would be much nicer if it was a uniform federal program and we could have just everyone do it the same way and, and just march ahead. Um, but it's not quite that way. Yeah. Well, ho- hopefully, I mean, now this brings us to a, the question of capacity and efficiency, mm-hmm. and, I, and I'm wondering about you know where where we are and where we're going in terms of the capacity of the um, the actually the equipment that goes into the photovoltaics and and it's just much like computer technology right it's always advancing and I don't know if Moore's law applies here the way it does with you know processor speeds doubling but <laughs> capacity but what's happening with that well there's, there's several things going on we we are uh, expanding our capacity we made an announcement recently to take ourselves from the 240 megawatt capacity we have worldwide to 500 megawatts by the, uh, I think it's by April of 2011, March or April 2011. So the next uh, four years, we'll have doubled our capacity. And we'll take uh, the operation here in North America from 35 megawatts to 150 megawatts. The one in Europe will go to 150 megawatts. The one in Japan, 110 and 90 in China. And so you can see by virtue of where we're putting our capacity, what we think about where the market size will be. And we think the U.S. will be the same size as the European market here uh, fairly shortly. That's great. Well, that's so we, we, see, we see the growth happening here. Uh, certainly encouraging. You know, we've been uh, silicon constrained for the last two, two years or so. So although we have a 240 megawatt capacity, we only delivered 180 megawatts last year. Uh, we have overcome that uh, problem, and we have secured supplies of silicon 
over a long haul for for significant investment, I might add. So uh, we now have the um, the feedstock guaranteed to make these capacity expansions and make them run economically. Was that investment internally, or was that with other companies that you partner with? No, we we basically we we don't we find the silicon ourselves, and so we partnered with people who do. Got it. And help them uh, put together a, a market guarantee for them, so they would go ahead and make the investment. Okay. So, so switching gears a little bit, I'm curious about what what's a what is a solar grove? Can you tell us about that? Oh, the solar grove is our is our. Um, it's, a, it's a very unique system. It's a system we installed at our headquarters in San Diego. It's on Balboa Avenue there, and it's really a, uh, a parking lot structure. There, there's 25 trees, we'll call them, in this grove, and there's solar trees, and they they convert, of course sunlight into electricity and provide shade for the parking lot. And we've constructed it in a very aesthetically pleasing way so that it really looks nice. It's hard to describe it without a picture, but you you can see the picture of it on our website or on other people's websites because people are starting to, to talk about it. And it's uh, an interesting way of providing electricity and another function called shade in this case as well. Yes, shade is a good thing. Yes, keep us cool. Well, that's interesting. We'll have to show that the website is uh, dot com, and I assume people can find it on that website. That one, or kiosarasolar.com. That's our website here in the U.S. Solar. okay. Um, well, that's that's fascinating. I, you know, it seems to me that with regards to, just going back a little bit to the to household, and I mean, I commercial, I mean, it, there's really no end of applications for it. You mentioned the solar grove. It doesn't, you know, I think people traditionally think of it being attached to the roof of a house, but you know, you can put solar panels anywhere uh, and generate power. So mm-hmm. it's really, I guess it comes really down to designers and architects and, and, and developers to start right. thinking, putting this into their consciousness, to start well, redesigning two, our community. Two things go on. There's clever people who are making awnings with solar. We have a new product out as do our competitors, which basically is a solar tile that you can put in place of a tile on your roof so it blends in nicely with your roof line. Um, we are working on BI, what we call BIPV, Building Integrated Photovoltaics, which is um, basically taking traditional building materials and replacing it with uh, solar panels. So that so that the actual the external surface of the building itself is a solar panel? Correct. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> I've yeah, heard about that. I've heard about paints that do that and such. Yeah. Well, so I hope to have a paint someday. <laughs> yeah, your house solar, but not yet. Yeah, I may, I may have been hearing about a future product, but um, yeah, that's I, right. I know that it's on the radar screen yeah. uh, for technology. Fascinating. So what else do you see coming uh, just back to residential solar, which is going to, I think, have the most uh, resonance with our audience? Do you see anything else coming down well, in the well, future? Well, what will happen is is uh, we are all learning, and we will all do a better job in supplying panels to be used in residences. They'll They'll look nicer. Uh, they'll be installed um, professionally. There'll be monitoring equipment that go with the solar panels so that you can see what your system is doing. And uh, it'll be. And as the cost comes down, it'll be a, a, a more reasonable investment. Okay. Well, we'll certainly look forward to that because it's a it's a very cool technology. I'm an owner of solar myself, and well, it's, good. And yeah. It's. I mean, you know, it was wor- we we were looking at about a five year ROI for ourselves mm-hmm. with our power bill, but um, you know, it certainly felt good, and it's also financially already made a huge dent for us. Um, yeah. So you know, I certainly well, it, ma- it makes it makes sense today it, it, where, where we have the subsidies in place, and you're in California, so. You're in a good place to do that. Yeah, we certainly took advantage. We're putting a program. I'm in Arizona. We're putting together a program here in Arizona, 
and that will be good as well. We have we have a little bit more sunshine here. Yes, you do. So we'll, we'll generate a little bit more power. <laughs> yeah, no, that's good. Well, the yeah. places that can generate it, and then the places that are windy should be doing you know wind power uh, as absolutely, well. I mean, absolutely, absolutely. Appropriate to the area. Certainly. The, the, the real the real thing that has to happen is you have to use all the alternative energies. You have to conserve as well. You know, you use less energy and, and using energy efficiency, efficient appliances. Uh, helps uh, the whole the whole program. It, well, it really does. The demand side is is so important. Mm-hmm. I'm, and we're, I'm glad you mentioned that. It's always bears repeating, and we've talked about it on this program. Uh, you know, and I know just anecdotally for myself that uh, you know with the things we did, you tend to do those things that gets on your radar screen, and you do them at the same time. And and ultimately, uh, you know, 50% of the benefit that we got or more was from the efficiency side, <laughs> uh, as much yeah. as the, the solar. So, but they they're not either or. That's for sure. That's right. And, and in fact, in in Japan, they're doing. They tend to do lots of residences. They're, they're, that's the largest residential market today. I think last year they did something like 65,000 homes. And what they have learned there is that when someone puts a solar system in with a monitor so they can see how it's working, their consumption goes down without changing any appliances. Just, just by being aware of power being consumed, they start to turn things off, and their consumption goes down by about 10%. It's amazing what happens when you just start thinking about it yeah. in your daily So what's really happening is we're taking the the, the, the uh, utility meter, the kilowatt-hour meter, which used to be on the outside of your house, and the only person that looked at it was the guy that's going to read the meter and then send you a bill. Right. And if you take that meter and put it inside the house, you now have an odometer on your car, on your house, and you are actually uh, driving it now. Yeah. And guess what? You'll start saving gas. Well, it's like a it's like a pilot. You can't fly without instruments. That's you know? right. So, so the exciting thing that happens is we're we're going to take control of that part of our lives, uh, and that's going to be a good thing. Yeah, fantastic. Well, great. Well, Tom Dyer, who is the VP of Marketing and Government Affairs for Kyocera Solar, uh, and the website is Kyocera Solar K Y O. C-E-R-A-S-O-L-A-R.com has been my guest today. Tom, thank you so much for being on the show. It's been a real pleasure having you. My pleasure. Thanks as always to everyone listening in today. Remember, for more free on-demand podcasts, articles, videos, and other information related to living a greener lifestyle, visit our website at www.greenlivingideas.com. We'd also love to hear your comments, feedback, and questions. Send us an email at editors at greenlivingideas.com. Find more great shows like this on personallifemedia.com.